You're listening to the teaching ministry of Queen City First Baptist Church, where friends become family. For more information, log on to www.fbcqc.org. Well, take your Bibles this morning and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. It's good to have a number of folks uh, visiting from out of town here for the holidays and still here, and we're glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, If you are visiting with us this morning, we would love to get better acquainted with you at the close of this morning's service. Uh, We're delighted that you're here as well. Uh, This morning, we're concluding a Sunday morning series that we started a number of weeks ago called Going Bold, and uh, that uh, title really taken from Acts chapter 4. In this series, we have established a working definition that I hope by now you have memorized. Let me remind you of it uh, as we conclude the, the series this morning. Going Bold is an unashamed commitment to Christ resulting in radical obedience without regard for personal comfort or convenience. And we've seen that lived out through Peter and John particularly here in Acts chapter 4. Remember the context. They'd been a a part of the the healing of a lame man uh, who was well known. uh, had, Had laid at the same place essentially most of his life. Uh, God used Peter and John to to bring physical healing to this individual, and it created this incredible stir among the religious people of Jesus' day. That's always how it was. The religious people would always get stirred up when Jesus did something. They were always throwing the flag, blowing the whistle. Jesus didn't do it just right, did it on the wrong day, did it the wrong way, wasn't following their rules and regulations. Understand this, Jesus never violated Scripture. Never. Now, he violated, in many cases, the man-made laws and regulations that the Sadducees and the Pharisees had added to Scripture, but he never violated Scripture. But in Acts chapter 4, we find a key text there, verse number 13, that we've used kind of as the uh, foundation for the series. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Make no mistake about it, that's what made all the difference in the world. The fact that they had been with Jesus. When you have been with Jesus, and you've communicated with Him, and and He's made a difference in your life, it it makes all the difference. It'll, It'll be obvious to those around you that you've spent time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I hope and pray this morning that you are in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is to say, you don't just know about Him. You're not just aware of some of the things that he taught, some of the things that he did, but that you know him in a personal way, that you know him as your Savior and your Lord. Because one of the things that we've established in this series is to make certain that you're going bold is to make certain that you're going in the right direction. Otherwise, you're just taking bold steps in the wrong direction. And so my hope and prayer this morning is that you are in Christ, that you know him as your Savior and your Lord. This morning we turn our attention to Matthew chapter 6. And one of the things that I want you to to remember, to recognize from Peter and John, is that they had a well-defined set of priorities. That There were some things that they had determined to be critically important in their life and in their ministry. That's why we see that when they were faced with opposition, when they were told by the religious leaders of Jesus' day, hey, to quit teaching in the name of Jesus, they had to determine what's going to be our priority. Are we going to listen to these guys or are we going to do what we're told to do? Are we going to do what we know to do? Uh, and that is to lift up the name of Jesus. They made a bold decision, didn't they? And that decision was based upon uh, some well-defined priorities. That's what we're talking about today. 
In the wake of the, uh, the, the Tiger Woods scandal a couple of years ago, you might remember it was big in the news at the time. Uh, Tiger Woods, it was discovered, had been unfaithful to his wife uh, and reportedly a number of times, in fact, and uh, been unfaithful to his marriage vows, lost his marriage, was caught up in the midst of this huge scandal. His golf game uh, rapidly declined as a result of all of that. And it was just a huge deal. Shortly after that, or during that time, I was watching ESPN like I, I do pretty regularly. And um, they were interviewing Herm Edwards, the former NFL coach. And they asked Herm Edwards, they said, hey, what do you think happened with Tiger Woods? And without hesitation, Herm Edwards responded. He said, Tiger Woods had his priorities in the wrong place. That's an understatement, isn't it? Tiger Woods had his priorities in the wrong place. It was a couple of years ago that I... uh, I taught on uh, the subject of priorities, but in a little different light than we're going to this morning. It was in that message that we discovered an important truth. Your passions determine your priorities, and your priorities determine your path. The things that you and I love the most determine our priorities. The things that we love the most tend to rise to the top of our list of priorities. The things that we will give the most attention to, the things that we will devote the most resources to, the things that we will devote the most energy to, those are the things that rise to the top of our list. They become our priorities. Our passions determine our priorities. That's why scripture says, be careful that you guard your heart. Be careful of the things that you fall in love with. Be careful of the things that you attach your affection to. Because those things will determine your priorities. And your priorities always determine your path. The things that you and I prioritize the most, the things that we view and elevate as most important, are the things that we will give our attention to naturally. They'll determine what we do day in and day out in our lives. Your passions determine your priorities. Your priorities determine your path. This great adventure that we call life places before us, every one of us, hundreds, and if you live long enough, thousands of different opportunities. And some are bad, many are good, and few are the very best. And each one of us, as we make those critical decisions and choices and exercise our decisions, we have to ask the question, what priority takes first place in my life? What is most important? In all of the various opportunities that are presented to us, all of the different possibilities that are out there, what is it that I value the most? What is it that rises to the top of the list and is most important to me? Jesus addresses that here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It's a, a passage of scripture that you're probably familiar with, even if you haven't memorized it. This is in the midst of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's kind of nestled right in the middle of the sermon, in fact. Jesus has been talking about uh, uh, the, the things that we want versus the things that we need. There's a huge difference, isn't there? One of the most important lessons in life as we mature is the difference between needs and wants. You know, when we're a kid, we'll say, well, I, I, I need that. But in reality, we just want that. It's, it's not really something we need. And especially right now, you know, they're sending out all of these flyers and all of these, ma- all of these different things that, that just, you know, get your kids looking and say, I want this. I need this. I got to have this. I, I gotta. But as we mature, hopefully we learn to discern the difference between needs and wants. 
And Jesus kind of boils this whole thing down here and he says, hey, while you're out there chasing your dreams and your aspirations and all these different things, thinking this is most important and that's most important and I got to have this and I need this. He said, let me me reduce it down to this one important truth. You need to get this. In light of all of that, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now, that is one of the most misinterpreted verses of Scripture in all of God's Word. A lot of people mistakenly think that there's this formula in place here where if I just seek God and I put Him first, He's going to give me everything I want. That is not what Jesus is teaching here. Remember the context. Jesus is talking about the difference between needs and wants. And He's saying, these things that you need, you'll have all of the things that you need. You'll be where you need to be. You'll have what you need to have so long as first and most importantly, you're seeking me and my righteousness. It's most important that my agenda be your agenda. It's most important that you value the things most that I value the most. The key takeaway is this. The key to getting what you need out of this life is to focus on what God wants for your life. The indispensable first step to getting everything that you need is to focus on what God wants. You see, Jesus took one sentence here to tell us to, how to get what we want out of life. And that's why Jesus' advice is so much better than any worldly advice we could possibly receive. Because he goes beyond simply what we want to what we need. He goes beyond the things that are so inviting in this life and in this world, the things that are temporary, to what is most important. He goes beyond what is temporary to what is eternal. There are plenty of people out there. There are so-called experts and motivational speakers and gurus and all, all of those sorts of people who make millions of dollars telling us how to get where we want to go. And they know that everybody's priorities are built around answering two basic questions. Where do I want to go and what do I want to get? And so they'll tell you, they'll say, well, you've you got to know where you're going, you've got to know what you want to get. And they'll give you all of these various steps on, on achieving those things. Jesus said that if you'll put God first and don't just say it, but actually live it out, you'll really do it. God will take care of what you need and where you need to go. And God will give you what you need to have. Now, again, there are plenty of people who will tell you how to climb the proverbial ladder, the ladder of success. And in some cases, they'll tell you, you got you to knock people off the ladder to get where you want to go. You can't let anything stand in your way. And the world says, hey, even if you have to compromise your beliefs and your ethics and your values and your priorities, then you do that in order to get to the top of the proverbial ladder. But what you find many times is when you supposedly get to the top of the ladder, the view is not what you were expecting. It's not nearly as fulfilling as you thought it might be. That's why the personal testimony of guys uh, like Tom Brady, who's got millions of dollars, would have anything and everything that anybody in this world would possibly want or desire. Married to a supermodel. I mean, people would go, he's the epitome of success. I mean, look at this guy. He's good looking. He's got everything. And yet with Super Bowl rings on his fingers, he says, surely there's more to life than this. That's why Stephen Covey says, hey, 
If the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall, it doesn't matter how high you get on the ladder. (laughs) You've not reached something that you really need or really should have in this life. I believe there's some people here today, and I'm with you, that need to realign our priorities. It's something we should always take a look at, and especially as we come to the end of a year, it seems like there's, there's always a time or a season when we kind of reevaluate and we look at our lives and we look at the things that we value most and our priorities, and, and we've got to say, is this really where I need to be? Should, should, should I perhaps realign my priorities a bit? Are there some things that really should be at the top of my list, but they've drifted down a, a ways? Are there some things down on my list that, that really should be elevated to the top of my list? First things first. I want to give you three important action points that will help you establish godly priorities today. The first one is this. Establish a connection with God in your life. Establish a connection with God in your life. We're not talking about just giving God lip service. You know, this, oh man, I'm all about the man upstairs. And, you know, man, if I just, if I, if I say, yay God enough, then I'm going to get the things I, I, I want. And that's not what we're talking about. The very first two words that Jesus gives us here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, are crucial if you're going to have the right priorities in your life. Listen to them again. He says, seek first. Seek first. Seek first. Before anything else. Seek means literally to strive for diligently. It means to desire extremely strongly. The action, you'll notice, is continuous. It's not as if you can say, well, there was a time when I sought first the kingdom of God. And so now God's obligated. No, we would maybe say it this way. We would say, do this before you do anything else. Keep on desiring on a daily basis. Keep on seeking on a daily basis. Seek first. First things first. What are we to do first? We're to seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness In other words, we don't even have to pray about this. You know, there's some things in life that we think, well, you know, I just, I really need to pray about it. You don't need to pray about this. We're told right here what to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If the number one priority of our lives is to seek God's kingdom and to seek God's righteousness, then everything that we do is filtered through those two things. How I work. How I spend my time, the person I marry, the relationships I enter into, how I spend my money, the things that I buy, the things to which I I give my time and my resources, all of those things. We would ask ourselves, is this for his kingdom? Does it relate to his righteousness? You might be inclined to say, well, pastor, that's like pie in the sky stuff. I mean, really? Can my, my, my priorities be completely and totally shaped by his kingdom, his righteousness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, 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 don't allow yourself to make this huge jump that that means, well, then God doesn't intend for me to have any fun. God doesn't intend for me to have any things that I might enjoy in this life. That's not what we're suggesting. We're talking about priorities, making first things first. 
You've got to understand how powerful this truth is in terms of how we live our lives every day. Do you understand that if we were to make sure everything that we did was either for the glory of God's kingdom or it would be to express His righteousness, how it would transform our relationships and our marriages and how it would transform our work and how we view our work and how it would transform our finances? You see how it establishes priorities when you get first things first? For example, let's say somebody does something to you. And it's not nice. And so naturally, you, you begin to formulate in your mind how you're going to respond to that. Whether it was harsh words said to you, or a, an unkind deed, or a, a, an, an accusation that wasn't true, or a false report. How do you respond to that? Well, if you're putting first things first, then even how you respond to those around you is determined by the kingdom of God and His righteousness. How will my response be a reflection of the kingdom of God? How will my response in this situation be a reflection of his righteousness in my life? That narrows the options a whole lot, doesn't it? Well, that means I can't slice their tires like I had kind of thought about doing. That means I better quit praying that his wife gets runners in her hose and the bird of paradise flies up her nose. I mean, you know, I I, got to look at this thing a little differently. I've got to have different priorities. I've got to have a different focus. Everything runs through that. There's there's a first step to the first step. The only way that you can know what God wants is that you be connected to God and know Him in such a way that you can hear Him. That's why it's so important on a daily basis that the first thing that you do in your life is experience a connection with God. God. If you're living by kingdom priorities, if you're truly seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then you can't go for days and sometimes weeks and perhaps months without ever opening the word of God. Maybe by now you're thinking, Pastor, you beat that drum so much. That's because this word is so important to our daily lives. You can't neglect it. You, you cannot say on one hand, I'm putting first things first. I've got godly priorities. I'm seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And you never open his word. It's how he communicates with us. That's how God communicates with us. And if you're going to know the kind of things that you should be going after, the kind of things that you should establish as priorities, you, you've got to be in his word. So so you may have to make some sacrifices. You may have to get up 15 minutes earlier so that you can spend time in the Word of God and in prayer. You you may have to rearrange your schedule just a bit so that instead of giving God your leftovers, you're making your relationship with Him a priority. It's what's most important. Uh, We're not trying to be legalistic here. But I do know this. There is only one place that God is interested in having in your life, and that is first place. God is not interested in just having a place in your life. No, God is not interested in in having a place of prominence in your life. God wants to have preeminence in your life. Preeminence. First things first. That's why he wants the first part of your day. And he wants the first day of the week. And he wants the first part of your paycheck. He wants to be first. The word first, seek first, literally means first in a line of many options. 
Let's face it, there are a lot of things that we could put in first place, right? Some people are consumed with making money. And so it naturally rises to the top of their list. It becomes what's most important. And so they will sacrifice time with family and time with friends and and a lot of other things because that's what's most important. There are other people who put other things in first place. And because it's in first place, they will sacrifice other things They will give up their own comfort and their own convenience because that's what's most important. That's why it's so critical what you put in first place. What's most important to you? Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Here's a second action point. Not only establish a connection with God in your life, but establish the control of God over your life. How do you know that you've really established priority one as your number one priority? In in other words, how do you really know that you've connected with God? You could read your Bible, you could pray, and you could say, well, you know, I just got a warm, fuzzy feeling all over. That's that's amazing. Is that the the indication that you're looking for? Why do you suppose that I say regularly from from this pulpit... Why do you suppose I say regularly? We don't want to just leave here and be better informed. We want to leave here and be what? Transformed, right? It's not about us all getting together and patting ourselves on the back and and leaving here with a warm, fuzzy feeling. We want the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, to make a profound difference in our lives, in how we live. And one of the ways, the primary way that you can know that you've connected with God is that it makes a difference in your life. It makes a difference in your life. I I mean, think about it. When Christy and I first met, I was 14 years old. She was 10 years old. Now, at the time, I wasn't thinking, my my meeting her for the first time and getting to know her family is going to totally change the trajectory of my life. I wasn't thinking that in that moment. She was just my sister's little friend. I thought she was cute, nice girl. But, but given some time, and, and, and as our friendship grew, and then she grew up, and, you know, 14 and 10 is kind of a... But once you both get a little older, that four years is not such a big difference anymore. And I was like, Shazam, she grew up. And then I realized, yeah, my meeting that girl when I was 14 and she was 10 changed the trajectory of my life. She, she's, she's supposed to be my life partner. And, and thank God, by the grace of God, this coming July, we'll celebrate 25 years of marriage. I mean, four kids later. I mean, look, it's amazing the difference that that's made. Hey, hey as simple as that is, that, that relationship and that connection pales in comparison to the difference that it makes when you have truly connected with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. It truly is a matter of life and death. Do you realize that just in the past 24 hours, just in the past 24 hours, we know of at least, at least five people who've gone into eternity. What this actor, what's his name, Paul Walker? I mean, in a, in a, in a, in a fiery automobile accident, boom, just like that. Done. His, his life on this earth is over. We know of at least four people killed this morning in New York City in a train derailment. Their life on this earth, over, done. 
So, so here's what happens. When we begin to establish kingdom priorities and we begin to have the, the right kind of, of kingdom agenda and we're truly seeking first the kingdom of God, we begin to embrace things that are of eternal value. Not temporary. You think about the number of things that tend to rise to the top of our list that are really just temporary. Stuff. Stuff. Most of it's just stuff. That if you consider some of the natural disasters that have happened around the world in the last 10, 15, 20 years, it's just stuff that can be here one moment and gone the next. Boom. So if those are the kind of things that you value first and most importantly, you are setting yourself up for some incredible disappointment. And so when he says, seek first the kingdom of God, seek first his righteousness, you've got to remember that at any moment in your life, there's going to be one of two people sitting on the throne. Picture a throne in your heart. One of two people sitting on that throne, you or Jesus. And one of the ways that you know you've truly connected with God is to make certain that you've established the control of God over your life. So it's no longer what I want, it's what he knows I need. It's no longer what I desire, it's what he knows I need. It's no longer, hey, i got to keep up with those people. No, it's what he knows you need. That's what becomes most important. Changes the way you look at life. You see, every kingdom has a king. And every king has a throne. And that throne is his seat of authority from which the king rules and reigns. So what do, the, what do the subjects of a kingdom do? They do one thing. They do the will of the king. In a kingdom, the king is in control. His word is the only word that matters. His word is the only word that ultimately goes. So again, get this picture in your mind of a throne in your heart. That's why scripture says that daily we're to die to ourselves. Essentially, we're to dethrone ourselves so that we can enthrone the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, he doesn't just want to be in the room. He doesn't want to just be in the throne room. He wants to be on the throne. He wants to be first. First. Not just a place of prominence, a place of preeminence. How do you know that you're really seeking God's rule over your life? How do you know that you're really giving that control? Are you going to be seeking three things? The glory of the king, the guidance of the king, the government of the king. You're sitting there saying, wait, 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 wait just a minute. At what point in this whole thing do I get to go after what I want? Here's the amazing thing. When you've established the kind of priorities we're talking about today from Matthew chapter 6, then your wants become, most importantly, what he wants. And so you'll always get what you want. See how that works? When you have true kingdom priorities, and you are truly seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what he wants becomes what you want, and you'll always get what you want. Say, so, well, I don't know if I like that. Because I, I got some stuff I want. And God may bless you with some of that stuff. That, that's great. But if you value that stuff more than you value the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you've got some jacked up priorities. Trust me. 
I get so frustrated the number of times I look back over my life and I see where I settled for second best. Second best. You see, when you're talking about priorities, sometimes it comes down to this. Sometimes you've got to learn to say the word no. Not always easy, is it? It's not always easy. Because sometimes you've got to say no, not necessarily to bad things, but to good things. You've got to say no to good things so that you can go for the best thing. The best thing. Uh, when I was out of high school, I worked in the shipping department at a, a, a publishing company where my, my dad worked for a number of years. And I worked down in, uh, in materials flow most of that time in the shipping department. And uh, whenever orders were coming through and we were keying all this stuff in and figuring the shipping and all that stuff, th- th- there, was a, there was one particular key that you could push that was called best way. If that's what the customer had chosen over, say, UPS or first class or whatever the case was, you just pushed best way and, and the computer would determine the best way for their order to be shipped. You know how many times I've thought about that since then in my life? That every day I need to push the button best way. And the best way is always God's way. That we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. that's our priority. Here's the third thing. Not only establish a connection with God in your life, the control of God over your life, but establish the character of God through your life. Jesus goes on to say here in Matthew 6, 33, we're to seek first, what? His Righteousness. In other words, not only am I to go after, seek after, desire with everything I have God's control over me, but I am to seek God's character within me. By the way, that will naturally happen. That will naturally happen. If God is ruling over you, then His righteousness will be found regularly within you. Not necessarily to perfection in this life. You know, it's, it's like the saying, hey, when I came to faith in Christ, uh, I, I, I didn't become sinless, but I do sin less. And so there should be this pattern of obedience in our lives, whereby every day we are growing and striving to become more like Him. That's sanctification. But if God is ruling over you, then His righteousness will regularly be found within you. Your character is simply the outward expression of whatever, whoever controls you on the inside. Now the cycle is complete. And you'll see the brilliance and the beauty of this whole statement. Here's how it works. Whenever you seek God first privately, people will see God in you publicly. Whenever you seek God first privately, people will see God in you publicly. And if there's anything that this world needs to see in those who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, and and that that is a difference, and the difference that God has made in our lives. I'm convinced of this. We're never going to make a difference in this world until the world sees a difference in us. Uh, Far too often, the world is looking at Christians and saying, What's the difference? What's the difference? So they go to church. So they do these things. So, but what difference has it really made in their lives? What difference? 
Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It'll be evident in your life. You've got to go after it. The truth is, we've got we've to make it a priority to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You've got a desire to be right, to do right, to live right, to think right, to speak right, to act right. Just as much as a hungry man desires food and a thirsty man desires water. That's why Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Can, can I tell you just one of the side benefits of making sure your priorities are in order? When your priority, priorities are straight, when you seek first things first, You won't worry. You won't worry. You know what worry does? Worry always scrambles priorities. Because, let's face it, when you are given to worry, you're in a crisis mentality, crisis mode. And when you're in that state of mind, things that shouldn't be at the top of your list quickly go to the top of your list. You're in a financial bind? What are you thinking? I, I, I gotta work. I gotta work more. I gotta. I gotta do more. I gotta get. So you sacrifice things that you shouldn't sacrifice in order to get more money because you're worried. That's why you have to establish on the front end the priorities of your life, and they've got to be kingdom priorities. That's why it goes on to say, if you continue to read here in Matthew chapter six. All these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Remember what I told you at the beginning of the message? If you put God where he needs to be, he'll take care of where you need to go, and he'll take care of of what you need to have. If you put God first today, in other words, you won't have to worry about tomorrow. If you don't put God first... And you're going to find you're given to worry. And worry always inverts priorities. Let me sum it up this way. Whatever priorities you choose will determine ultimately the quality and the productivity of the life God has given you. I want you to think of it this way. If we were to really have kingdom values, and if we were to truly seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness... Let me explain to you how this works. We would begin to value and embrace things of eternal value far more than we embrace and value things of temporal value. Let's suppose this. Let's suppose that each and every one of us knew that we had but 30 more days to live on this earth. Just 30 days. How would that change the way that you lived those 30 days? Would you begin to prioritize some things that maybe haven't been such a priority? Would you begin to prioritize some relationships and some people that maybe have fallen down on your list? Would you begin to see things a bit differently if you knew that you just had 30 days to live? You realize that it was just a couple of years ago that a lady by the name of Milvina Dean passed away. That name doesn't ring a bell to you. She was the final survivor of the Titanic. 
She was just a baby when the Titanic sank on that April the 14th, 1912, killing more than 1,500 people. When that story came out, I, I'm always intrigued by some of these things, and I, I started reading more and got into a, into a uh, historical account of some of the things that actually transpired uh, there on the Titanic in its final hours and really even minutes. There's one particularly wealthy lady who was about to get into a lifeboat. It was going to be lowered into the North Atlantic. But before she got into that lifeboat, she requested if she could quickly go back to her stateroom, back to her cabin. She had something she, she needed to go get. So she was granted permission. She was given two minutes, three minutes at the most to go back to her cabin, to go back to her stateroom and, and get whatever it is she needed to get. She was a particularly wealthy lady like many of the people on board that ship. The story goes that she went back through the gambling parlor there on the ship and there was money and, and, and things of great value by worldly standards floating in water up to people's knees by that point. The ship was already beginning to sink. She made her way to her stateroom. And she tossed aside expensive necklaces and jewelry and all those things. And she reached upon a shelf and she grabbed three small oranges. Three small oranges. See how the things that you value most, the things that you prioritize, become so different when you look at it in light of eternity? Knowing that she was just perhaps going to survive. Three small oranges became more important than all the jewelry she owned. Is it true for you that first things are truly first? Can you truthfully say today that you are seeking daily, seeking first? Uh, among many options? Seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Is that true for you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment today. You know, the most important thing in the world to each and every one of us is a relationship. That's right, it's a relationship. It's not a relationship with anybody here on this earth necessarily. It's a relationship with God through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never placed your faith and trust in Christ, that should be your A number one priority. You say, well, well I'm trying. I I'm trying to do all the no it's already been done the, the work's already done that's why Christ cried out from the cross it is finished in that moment the, the price was paid paid in full in fact in his sacrifice he had met the demands of a holy God so, so that we could be acceptable to Him even in our sinfulness even in our lostness 
So the most important thing right now is that you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about you being a religious person. I'm not talking about what denomination you're affiliated with. But do you have a relationship with Christ? There may be some here today who would say, Pastor, I'm so glad that I have that relationship established. I've taken that step of faith. I do know Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. But I've got to be honest today. My, my priorities are not a reflection of that relationship. I can't truthfully say that I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I can't truthfully say that in my life, first things are first. And my hope and prayer today for you is that God, by His Holy Spirit and by His Word, will help you reestablish your priorities. Are there some things that you're sacrificing that should really be at the top of your list or near the top? Some relationships that should be more important to you than stuff? Are you loving things and using people to get those things? Or do you truly love people and just use things? First things first. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for a kingdom agenda. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to live our lives by that agenda, to truly seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, understanding that all that we need will be provided for us. If there's anyone here today that has never trusted you as Savior and Lord, I pray that today, by your Holy Spirit and the power of your word, they be drawn to you. Help us, O oh Lord, to leave here today with realigned priorities. To truly make first things first. To go bold in establishing priorities and setting boundaries. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Queen City First Baptist Church. We invite you to come worship with us anytime you're near. We're located at 206 Marietta Street, Queen City, Texas. Visit us online at fbcqc.org.